<laughs> All right. Well, my love, welcome to the Mommy Chronicles. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Well, so my friend, mm -hmm. tell me about your family. So I have two boys, a seven-year-old second grader and a three-year-old preschooler. Okay. And we're, um, how far apart are your two boys? So Alex is seven and Brett is three, so about four years, a little under four years apart. Okay. And um, you were a stay-at-home mom with your eldest, is that true? I was. I was. And yeah. how, how was that? Well, it wasn't the original plan, so it was something that I felt um, I felt kind of unprepared for when I we made the decision. It was the right choice for our family at the time, but it was definitely it definitely was not something I felt like I was really had the skill set needed, both in terms of temperament or um, creativity or really anything. <laughs> what do you think that is the the most important skill sets to have as a stay-at-home mom, in your opinion? Um, I think that it's really important to be patient and to be okay with repetition and to be okay with um, with things not going according to plan. That was hard. That was hard for me, and it was something that surprised me. I didn't realize before I decided to stay home that I was – I'm actually a patient person. Um, mm -hmm. It's a different type of, of patience that's required for raising young children, I found. And that was not a patience that – a kind of patience that I had in abundance. Um had many conversations with my husband about this. <laughs> so because it threw me, it really did. I was really surprised to find that I had a lot of patience, infinite patience for friends and other family members besides my young toddler. Wait, why? So, what do you think the difference is? Um, well, I think that some of it is uh, experience and being like knowing what to expect with kids. I think expectations are really important. And I, um, I was reading a lot of books and trying to educate myself and get up to speed about what life with a baby and, you know, the first few young years are like, but I just, it just always threw me. Like every time I thought I figured it out, like seemed to come up with a new way of, you know, making me stay on my toes. Um, <laughs> what did you do to cope? Oh, let's see. Um, I well, one of the things that I did was I buried my head in parenting books, which was not really helpful because there is no, there is absolutely no manual that can help you through those really, really hard moments. You have to be in the moment. Um, the things I learned. Um, so that was a coping mechanism, and the other was uh, wine and beer. And <laughs> <laughs> did it help? Uh, you know, I, I usually would wait. I wouldn't drink during the day, but I would drink at night. Uh, Al is a horrible napper. Um, so I think I literally, there would be days where I would have zero break from sun up to sundown. And, um, and that was, you know, that was part of the challenge. So I wouldn't say, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed being able to let loose and release, but I would say, um, that, that alcohol was a mixed bag for me because sometimes it made me so tired the next day that I really, mm. I didn't have the energy that I needed. Right. And not that I, it, it was, it, that was the case, whether it was one glass or three, it was just, you know, I was always running out of steam. Yeah. So I would, I think I would say that the coping mechanism that, that 
ultimately I found to be the most helpful was spending time with other moms who had same same age kids and sharing those experiences and having those conversations. That was that was the raft that kept me afloat in those those early years. Where did you find that group? So I, I do count myself very fortunate that uh, when we were pregnant with our first, we signed up for a Lamaze class, and uh-huh. we met two women who were the same stage of pregnancy as I was, and they um, they and their husbands were just super relatable to a similar situation in life. We were all having kids a little bit later. Um, and we uh, formed an early mom group. Um, and after our kids were born, they were all they were a week apart um, in delivery date and birth date. So that group was just critical for me. And one of them has moved out of town. The other um, lives not far from here, and we still keep in touch. And I consider them among my closest um, closest friends. And that bond is just very strong because we were going through so many of the same things. And it helped, you know, it just helped under put things in perspective, what was normal, what wasn't. Each of us had our own struggles of things that our kids were facing. My, uh, my son has a um, food allergy we discovered when he was one year old. And so, but we were all, you know, dealing with different, different things and we could support each other and relate and get through it. And that was, I think, the best coping mechanism that I found in that time. Oh, wow. What a, what a fortunate find. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about how important it is when life, just life in general, and especially when you have kids, we're taught about American individualism and, you know, off your own bootstraps and pull yourself up. And that only goes so far. Like it's really not doable without people you can rely on and people in your community. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that that is probably the number one lesson that I have learned having children is that if you try to do it on your own, you will, you're, you're going to cause suffering for yourself and for your kids. There's just no reason to try that. And I think it's so important, like we were talking before, just teach your kids that help for themselves, asking for help, giving help to others, supporting each other, that that's really what makes us stronger than trying to stand on our own. Yeah, so true. Um, Were you able to get actual help for with your kids? So we we hit the jackpot when our first was six months old. Uh, my husband and I made the decision um, that we were well. We realized we, we observed that in our relationship we were really losing touch with each other because we were so engrossed in caring for our son. And so we determined that we wanted to find a a regular babysitter. We found someone who came twice a week so that we could go out on dates. And Mm she um, is now, this was when he was six months old, he's seven now. And she's one of my closest friends. She has her own children now. And it was like finding finding a family member, you know. We call each other sisters from another mother. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, and, you know, she she embraced him, our son, as, you know, one of her own. And she, the love she poured into him and the amazing gifts that she gave both on a personal level and just, you know, in their shared time together, it was just, it was just such a beautiful thing to see. Um, And now she has her own children and our kids 
love spending time with her kids. And, and it's just, it's a really, it was such a blessing, such a blessing. And to feel like that about your childcare provider is just wonderful. Mm -hmm. It was, it was a lifesaver for our marriage. I mean, and not that we were, we weren't arguing or anything like that. It's not, it's just, we were, we were drifting and losing things that were so vital to who we were as a couple before we had a child. Oh, I, I remember a really funny story you told me about how sex has changed after kids. It had something to do with the warm glass of water. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you mind recounting that? I'm going to get it all wrong. So um, when I was uh, pregnant and nearly, uh, nearly due with our second uh, you know, all the practitioners encourage you to um, to have intercourse with your spouse to, you know, move things along and, and get things going and, and uh, induce labor. And <laughs> the last time that we did that before our second was born, my husband made the comment that it was a little bit like putting his private part in a warm glass. <laughs> That's my thinking. We don't that again. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> has um has sex changed after your kids? So I would say the long the long lasting uh change for us, at least at this time, and our kids are still both relatively young and, and high high need and high, demanding a lot of our energy, is that um sex isn't as high a priority as it used to be. Uh mm -hmm. and so, you know, we For both of you? For both of us. Yeah. It's sort of like, mm. am I gonna take a nap or like a Nap. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna take a nap because <laughs> I'm really tired. I love you. <laughs> we can try that again some other time. Uh, and, that's awesome. But I think that I think that's the most important thing is being in the same place about it, um, and mm -hmm. and and acknowledging where you are with it and why that it's not a lack of love, it's not a lack of attraction or desire. It's just really about math. And it's, it's about where your energy is spent and how much you have left at the end of the day. So, mm -hmm. uh, Physically, have um, things changed after kids or that you attribute to kids that you're not going to be able to get back? Well, I was never like a rock hard body anyway, but mm -hmm. I know that, and I've become a runner. I ran a half marathon after, um, after our second son was born, and that was the first really significant race I'd ever done. But I know that core wise, I never will have um, the strength that that I had before, even though I wasn't even really that athletic. Um, just the stretching out of the the muscles in my abdomen, you know, it's just I'm always gonna have mm -hmm. I'm always gonna have that and stretch marks and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'll never I'll never be on the cover of Vogue without photoshopping, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and but it's nice. Yeah. It's nice because. I mean, for me, you know, I, we live in a society, there are a lot of influences that, that make us think about our bodies in a negative way because we don't measure up to the images that are displayed. Uh, and when that kind of thought process is going on for me, that critical thinking and, and self, you know, loathing, if you will, about my body, and my husband's wonderful. He says, I love everything that's on you. It reminds me of, you know, your, of our kids and everything you did to bring them here. So I think that when we look at our bodies as, as ways of making memories uh, in life, that, that that kind of melts the stretch mark away in those moments and makes it about the love and not about the surface. So. Oh, that's such a beautiful thing. 
Yeah, you phrased that so well. Thanks. It's true. I mean, wouldn't you rather have those those marks on you to commemorate birthing a human being? Yeah. <laughs> then yeah. Yeah. Then not. That's right. I mean, I yeah. I just turned forty last month, and leading up to my fortieth, I was like um, really anxious and edgy about it. It's the first time I've ever felt that way about turning a new decade. I've always been excited to get to get on to the next chapter. Feel mm-hmm. this time, and I didn't know exactly what it was, what it was, and I still don't know all the things. But uh, when I woke up on my 40th birthday, I felt really good all of a sudden because my thought was, I have all these really fun memories that I've made with my husband and my children, and I get to make so many more, and they're going to be so neat because each age, you know, they're different and new and fresh, and so many wonderful opportunities, rich for making these new experiences. So I look to my kids and my family and I just feel gratitude for, Mm -hmm. you know, what I have. And I, I know that you can interpret it as a loss because you are moving away from your youth and you are leaving things behind and things are different. But I feel like what you leave behind and what you lose is so small compared to what you gain. Aw, look at you with all your positivity. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> you know the other side of that. <laughs> so are your two, um, your two kids, are they pretty similar in temperament and personality? You know, no. In fact, we have often said that if we had had the second first, we would have had, we would have had another one sooner. They would have been closer in age. Oh, how funny. And I don't know. I honestly don't know if our first, our first is just very high need. I can't tell how much of it is personality and how much of it is, you know, he's just, he's an asthmatic food allergic kid. And so Mm -hmm. that is just, you know, his body has that kind of energy going on in it. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a very, he's a very loving sibling and he's very, he can drop down and be very calm and engaged and he's very supportive um, but he's also just, he was always just really on all the time and needing and needing and yeah. needing. Whereas the younger one is just really happy or lucky, but he also doesn't have any of the physical difficulties that his older sibling has. So I'm not sure, but they are very different in terms of the way we're able to engage and interact. Um, and I'm, I feel really lucky that that our younger one has our older one because they're super fun. They have a great time together, super great friends. Um, they Aww. have, the, they have their moments. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they, you know, we, they're like, they're like anybody who glows and especially siblings, they argue and they fight and mm-hmm. they try to get our attention in negative ways. But, but I don't know how much of why our younger one is easier to deal with is because we have the older one around. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so he has somebody else when he, you know, when he doesn't have, dad or me available he has his he has his older brother so um and I think that's that's a tremendous value in having a sibling relationship what's one of the most appalling parenting moments you've had (laughs) oh dear I guess the best one um the best example is uh our older son was a horrible napper and uh, it brought me to the point of screaming at him multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I would tell about go to sleep, go to bed, go to bed. And I was just exhausted at that time. So I, I attribute it to my lack of getting any rest. But when he was about two years old, 
uh, we were downstairs and he was playing with his trains and trying to fit them into a box. Mm-hmm. They weren't going in. They kept popping out every time he tried to close the box. And so he started yelling at them and saying, take a nap. <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> My husband said, huh, I wonder where he gets that. <laughs> at least he wasn't cursing at them, but that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just walked over to him and I said, it's frustrating when they won't go to sleep, isn't it? <laughs> I created this, so at least, I will at least give you empathy and show you <laughs> stressful when you stay at home and things are probably still stressful with you working. Um, could you talk a little bit about the difference in, in parenting and stressors uh, stay, staying in the home working or being outside of the home working? Yeah. So no, no, no. Yeah. I, I think the when, when I think about this, the thing that comes to mind for me is, as I said, our younger, our older one was quite ill and there were many ER visits that we had with him. Um, and I remember when he was little and I had an overnight with him in the ER, I remember thinking, I'm so grateful that I am at home with him and that I have no other responsibilities outside the home because I can, yeah. I can focus exclusively on him. I don't have to manage anything elsewhere. I don't have to set things up and make sure that they're covered. I'm where I'm needed. And I get to be here and be here alone. And I, I felt very mm-hmm. privileged and grateful for that. Uh, mm-hmm. And so when ki- when our children fall ill and the coverage that we have for them isn't available because they're ill, I think back on the, that moment, you know, and remember that. And those are times when I, real- when I, I realize that I'm trading that um, peace of mind right, that I had as a stay-at-home that I could be there for him whenever he needed me exclusively, that I've traded that peace of mind for the ability to work, and and I've swapped it, and I and I let go of that peace of mind, and now I do have these other things to manage. Uh, well, what does working outside of the home bring you that you didn't have before? Well, I find that, I, I, I'm sure as kids get older that it's different, but parenting young children, preschool, toddler, preschool, even up until even age seven, 
uh, it's just, it requires a different, um, engage, engages different parts of your mind than the work that I had become accustomed to doing on a day in and day out basis before I became a parent. And, and I think they're both incredibly valuable, um, abilities, but I just felt like I was always living in the act and react part of my mind. And I didn't have the sort of high level executive functioning, thinking through things from beginning, middle to end. I needed that mm-hmm. kind of mental um, engagement. And I also really wanted a paycheck. It didn't matter to me how much it was necessarily. I, mean, I wanted to be able to cover the child care costs at least. But when mm-hmm. I was at home and I kept getting my social security statements and it said that I had zero earn, earnings and zero credits, there was just a big fat goose egg. I didn't feel like that was representative of the time that I was spending, the value that was behind it. And it just reminded me that we live in a society that if someone else was doing those tasks, you know, doing housekeeping for me, taking care of my children, if they were doing that and getting paid for it, that 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 work would actually be represented in our economy. Mm-hmm. That's a very cerebral answer. But that was those were a lot of the things that were going on for me. Um, but I was also very clear that I didn't want – I wanted to work for myself, and I wanted to work in a job that I could take with me if we ever wanted to go anywhere else. And mm-hmm. I wasn't going to sacrifice those two things because I knew working for myself I could build a schedule that would allow me to still be available to my kids and still manage the things that I very much need to manage because of the, the career that my husband has. And, mm-hmm. you know, I put that out there, and that's what, I've, that's what I've got. And so I'm very grateful for that aspect of the work that I do. Are you happy that it's not kid-related? Yes. Yeah, I needed a break from that. Yeah. Um, and and so so I hear you saying that you feel intellectually engaged in a way that you weren't as a stay-at-home mom. And that your motivation, the extrinsic motivation um, of doing something and getting an immediate reward, as well as getting actually paid for something, is makes working outside of the home worth it for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and um, if you had the choice, if money wasn't an issue, and let's say you were getting paid somehow for the housekeeping and the child care, would you still choose working outside of the home? Yes, I would. Why? Because, I, well, I believe that that it's important for people to to live authentically. And for me, that means playing to my strengths. And I'm a better parent and a stronger parent when I get to engage my mind in the things that I'm really good at. And it gives mm-hmm. helps give me perspective. I'm not good at... I'm not good at a lot of the things that are required for day in and day out care of young children and mm-hmm. the the monotony of it and the routine of it and things like that. Those things were very difficult for me and they created a situation where I felt it just kind of, I loved being with my children on the one hand because I love them and I, I feel invested in them obviously, but I wasn't playing to my strengths and that became Mm-hmm. sort of a, a compounding problem for me because um, mm-hmm. there there was no pressure from my spouse or anyone else for me to go back to work. That was totally mm-hmm. something that was coming from my what was going on inside of me. 
um, mm. and just sort of a deep, deep and growing unhappiness and dissatisfaction with my day-to-day life. So, mm-hmm. um, and but one of the things I will say is that having spent the time that I did as a stay-at-home parent and in that at-react mode, that I do have an amazing ability to manage and juggle a lot of different things, both in terms of project management with my work, but also in terms of just the ebb and flow and the natural course of our family life. So I feel like I was able to, you know, I did develop a skill set that was very helpful and needed for this next stage of our family life with me going back to work. Oh, wow. That's not something I've heard before. That's really cool that um, you're kind of, priority management and able to kind of be internally motivated to get through some of your work um, was facilitated by being a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, wow cool. Um, and what what has been the biggest challenge uh, for you and your husband um, after having children? Hmm. Biggest challenge for us, I think even though this is going to sound strange, I do think it is continuing to prioritize each other. You know, we have our date nights and things like that, but trying to make sure that we're really staying engaged and focused and nurturing our relationship and not getting um, pulled in too many different directions. Mm-hmm. So one, I'm just, it's a challenge. Like we really have to be mindful and purposeful about, about engaging with each other um, and setting aside the time to put our phones away and not be plugged into work and really just be with each other and mm-hmm. been connecting with each other in some way, like mm-hmm. being available to him. Um, when, you know, he's he's actually much better at making space for me uh, in the, you know, with, with the juggling the demands of being a father and being a husband and, and being, you know, an attorney. He's, he's really good at making space for me. So when I went back to work, it was, it wasn't as an easy of a transition for me in terms of making sure to make space for him. So mm-hmm. uh, it's really important to us to not get lost in all of that. And it's very easy. It feels like a sea at times that we're just adrift and, you know, waiting for the next storm, if you will. But, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like we do, a, we do a really nice job with each other of being there for each other and, and prioritizing each other. Um, so that's, but that is the challenge, and you have to deti- you have to decide it's worth it, and it's what you want to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. And we laugh a lot, and we make fun of our situation a lot, and like <laughs> nobody makes me laugh harder than my husband. And, and at moments that are so inappropriate, but it's so welcome. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, it really does help, doesn't it? Yeah. Laughing. Um, yep. Yep. Tell me a joke. <laughs> yeah, what is brown and floats through walls? I don't know. <laughs> Spooky dookie. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> In honor of having children and it's Halloween. <laughs> that was, yeah, for sure. Hey, listen, I know how busy you are. Thank you so much for your time today. Uh, it was really, it was a privilege to be able to, to do this. Thanks for including me in the project you're working on. I'm really excited to be a part of it. Oh. oh, I love your support. Bye. Thanks. Bye. We're out.